Hello and welcome to this edition of ACLSports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. This special edition, I because the Nigerian football, Nigerian Professional Football League, the MPFL, will be resuming in December for the 2020-2021 season. This edition of the podcast will be focusing on sports medicine as as um, as it concerns um, sports in Nigeria and especially the NPFL. I I have with me in the pod or two proper proper sports doctors um, who have who have decided to join me in the pod uh, for this special episode. It will be I will be joined in the pod um, by Dr. Jimmy Oshinaike. Jimmy is a sports and exercise physician currently practicing at Summit Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Center in Lagos. After his um, undergraduate studies in Nigeria, he went to Manchester Metropolitan University in the UK. He's also a certified International Olympic doctor in drugs and sports. Um, Dr. Jimmy would um, be with me alongside Dr. Babatunde Akimbinu um, in the pod later to in this episode. We will be discussing sports and sports science and sports medicine. Dr. Babatunde Akimbinu on his own is a member of the um, the Nigerian Football Federation's um, Committee on Sports Medicine. He's also the team doctor of MPFL side Sunshine Stars of Akure. Last year at the AFCON um, in Egypt, uh, Dr. Akimbinu was also a, a member of the, the doping control team and uh, football medicine. Dr. Akimbinu is a public health and sports medicine physician. He is he's really, really passionate about sports medicine in Nigeria. So, like I said earlier, I, it would be my privilege to have these two gentlemen with me in the pod. So, please stay tuned. I'll be right back with the two of them. Hello and welcome back to um, ACLsports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. I've got, as I told you in the introduction, I've got these two awesome doctor friends of mine and they are here for us to discuss sports medicine and nigerian sports um dr tunde welcome to your sports memo podcast the honor is mine thank you and also uh, dr jimmy welcome back to your sports memo many podcast thanks. many thanks for having me it's a pleasure fine um i'll start with you dr t you, as somebody who who has um, who's worked with MPFL, MPFL clubs, how 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 bad is it in Nigeria with regards to? See, listen, we all know that um, medicine, medical medical facilities, and all of that are bad enough. But how is it in 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 Nigerian football? Thank you. Um... Well, I think that's first. Sports medicine barely exists um, as, as a functional career or a part of um, our daily activities in the sporting industry in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not even crudging. It, um, it's barely surviving. It's in the intensive care unit. Wow. Now, before I began working with the NPSL, um, I mean, I've been a member of the Sports Medicine Committee of the Nigerian Football Federation long before I joined an NPFL club in 2019 at Camp of Nations. Uh-huh. And I'd worked with um, the communications department of Howard University um, to run a little research into um, health students in early football in Nigeria. Yeah. And um, our, our findings, because we published that um, in London last year, mm-hmm. our findings were uh, evident that uh, the, the the health facilities that are available to professional footballers, especially 
were set there and uh, barely existent. Mm. The the update was the incident in March in um, in an NPSL game, an NPSL player, Chinese Martin Gores, so passed on. Uh, he he put he passed on the pitch, and um, not only was there no medical doctor available, okay. um, um, there was also not a functional ambulance to convey the the dying player. Eventually passed on, and he arrived at the hospital dead to the hospital. As of today, the official inquiry of the Nigeria Football Federation has not been released, but um, the impressions that um, the entire world got from that mm. um, will only um, attract the, the fact that um, medical facilities are a huge afterthought, you know, and sports medicine as a department or a functional unit is um, possibly, possibly the very last on the minds of the administrators of um, League football in, and um, professional football in Nigeria. <laughs> oh my God, um, Dr. Jimmy, listening to what Tunde has just said there, we're basically saying right that anybody who is involved in quote unquote professional sports and professional football in Nigeria, that person does this at his or her own risk. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Dr. Tunde has said, you know, has summarized it. So it is not, it is always like an afterthought. It is not considered as necessary to improve sporting performance. It is not a big deal, you know, for administrators. Mm. So anybody, you know, involved in sport, as they say, is just inshallah. Wow. Hope I will not get injured. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just by chance. Hopefully, I will not get injured. And, you know, when they get injured, I mean, you could just predict the outcomes. So, I mean, I, I see people, and when they get injured, I could say that, man, your career is as good as over. I, I don't tell them that. But mm. when I look at things on ground, mm. you know, you could just know that you're not likely, you know, to keep playing anymore because, number one, you don't even have the funds. Number one, you've not even thought about it that you could have injured, that you could actually get injured. So, uh, I mean, when you discuss with the coaches, the coach is like, well, I thought it's just one muscle thing, then it should go. So, you know, when you begin to hear things like that, you just know that, man, such a player or such an athlete uh, is in, you know, dead danger. So, it is something that, you know, we've Definitely not, you know, yeah, I can see that. Now, the only time where you have a bit of, you know, athlete care is at the national level. And I'm very careful of even saying, you know, you're having a robust care at that level. But I mean, at that level, it's at the national level. Nobody yeah. wants a national embarrassment. Yeah. So there's still a bit of, you know, okay, yeah, we have the physiotherapists with them. Just we a have bit, medications with them. Even though sports medicine is actually, you know, more than all that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that it's at, it's at that level that you 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 actually feel a bit of athlete care and well-being. I mean, you'd be surprised that some people, you know, only come in contact with a physio and the doctor when they're at the national level. I mean, our local athletes, because in their various academies, yes. I mean, they don't have anything. At most, you know, some of them have one traditional guy that comes in. Or one chemist guy that uh, wait, 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 Quite a number of uh, traditional bone, uh, uh, you know, setters in Lagos that some of our grassroots players go to because <sighs> I see them on a daily basis, and you know, they tell me I've gone to this person, I've gone to that person. So this, I mean, that is what happens. Most of them see these traditional guys. These traditional guys even see more patients than horse. Now I'm not saying they don't get outcomes, mm. but it's not actually meant to be, you know, the appropriate. Thing. It's mm. not going to be the appropriate thing. Yeah. And, you know, why it is really quite painful is that, uh, I mean, the healthcare of the countries, I mean, is bad. I mean, it's, it's a terrible. But you would expect, even if 
other things are not working. I mean, if you say it's a professional league, yeah. and that should, you know, be... I mean, we should set a standard in all areas in terms of, you know, media standard, health standard. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's really not uh, something to write about. I can't really talk as much, you know, for Enter because I've not worked there. I can only talk from a, from anecdotal experiences yeah. based on a few NPFL uh, 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 players that I've treated. But by and large, it's really nothing to write them about. Um, okay. This is... Oh, this is so scary. Uh, today, you, we, we've... Yeah. Um, we've, um, we've in, uh, in the group before, we've talked about a lot of some of this stuff. I, but, I, I, you know, I remember when um, in the years before um, ACL injuries... Um, started getting that doctor, forgotten doctor's name, the first doctor that started that brought in the operations to to repair ruptured ACL anterior. Yeah, that, that was way back in. Um, I think the doctor started in ninety seven or ninety six in the US. So a lot of a lot of careers were ended so early. Now I have asked a few former players. And I remember, I know many young players who, back then, their careers just ended in Nigeria because I used to, they would just say to me, I've been getting the injury. We didn't know, nobody knows what, what could have, what kind of knee injury was. So, we are saying that even now that footballers across the world are recovering from ACL injuries within six months and resume their careers, that there's still no chance of that happening in in Nigeria at the moment. Oh, well, okay. Let's let's back down a little. Let's let's back because that is that's the deep end that you are. Fair. So the average Nigerian even understand whatever sports and exercise medicine means. That's the very first thing. You know that's the that from the nursery. Okay. What is because I've I've had people in the Nigerian administrative space. I mean, for the reason say. A doctor is a doctor, so what oh, wow. you know? But um, sports and exercise medicine is actually the scope of medicine, you know, that deals with the prevention, the diagnosis, the treatment and rehabilitation of injuries. Mm. Note prevention, mm. diagnosis, treatment and rehabilitation of injuries. It also comes down to prevention, diagnosis and management of medical conditions, mm-hmm. as well as the final one, promotion and implementation of Regular physical activity in the prevention again, treatment and rehabilitation of chronic diseases of lifestyle. Of course, that includes cancer and diabetes. However, for the first two things, the prevention, treatment, and rehabilitation of injuries and illnesses, you know, that occur during physical activity. I didn't mention that in one and two, mm-hmm. you know. And so basically, that's it. The most important thing about any injury is actually not to have it at all. Yes. And so prevention is prevention injury, is important. Whether you whether you are operated and you have rehabilitation thereafter, your life will never remain the same. Now this is a little different from it will never ever return to the same. Never. You know? Mm. And that's why when Dr. Jimmy Oshinaike was speaking earlier on about traditional bone setters, I, I, I was gonna quit the Look. If you if your bone breaks, whether a long bone, a short bone, whatever, if you do nothing about it and you leave it in the same spot without moving it unduly and feeding well mm. for a little while, usually between six weeks and twelve weeks, maybe eighteen weeks, regardless, yeah. you know, you have fusion. It will heal. It will heal. It just like it may heal abnormally. Okay. So I mean, so you will return back to full physical capacity. Something called and if it's across a joint. You may not have adequate range of motion, you know, mm. basically. Mm. But Nigeria, we don't even think so. Essentially, we need to make invest in this field. Now, if we back down a little more to 1995, I, I, I was searching for the, the biggest research in sports method that's taking place in Nigeria very recently. And then I found out something that will shock you. And um, I probably will just end this here, you know. Mm. Between 1995 and 2002, a seven-year period, mm. The, the administrators of sports medicine in Nigeria published they published a paper sometime in 2002, indicating that between 1995 and 2002, a seven-year period, and uh, they attended to 171 athlete patients within a seven-year period 
at the Sports Medical Center in Lagos, which at that time was the only one and the largest sports medical center in Nigeria. They ascended to only 171 athletes patients. That is staggering. In that period, we attended two Olympic Games. Yes. In that period, on the minimum, we had 1,000 athletes going to the same national stadium where that institution is located, at least circa 1,000, every single day for seven years. They only treated 171. And they could publish that to the international world. That is more or less saying that we didn't do anything in seven years. Exactly. I mean, this is, this is injury. They did, of course, they excluded by the publication um, illnesses like stomachache and malaria. Mm. However, you are saying that in seven years, you ascended as a professional body, as an institution of government, and the only one in Nigeria catering for 200 million people, of which more than 10 to 25 million are probably engaging in some form of physical activity that is related to sports or the other, and you could only attend to 171. So where did we start from? My God, I can can actually feel the frustration in your voice today. (laughs) (laughs) You are not appreciated and you're not known. But you know what, when you go abroad, Mm. oh, come on, like Dr. Jimmy will tell you, Sportsmanship is so big an industry, it's so inviting, it's so interesting, it's, but it requires data, it requires experience, and the data is cascaded onto people outside of sports and recreational sports uh, performers, you know. Mm. So whether you're dealing with older people or dealing with younger people and kids, people who are not playing professional sports, you know, people in amateur sports, that's what you use the experience from professional athletes to treat. You know the condition that they come up with, mm. but oh god, I, I didn't answer your question about ACL injuries because they're very distant. That's right. I mean, personally, that's, that's I, had, I had injuries to my own anterior cruciate ligament um, in 2018. You know, so I've gone through that process not just as a doctor, but somebody who has also had the same injury. You know, I had surgery in Nigeria and I had rehabilitation both in Nigeria and in Egypt. So I do understand, but that's distant. I was lucky. You know, but the average Nigerian football player, you heard Dr. Jimmy say that, does not even have health insurance while playing for the club. And these are players who would do anything to have a contract and to impress a coach and to force a contract either with the local club or with a club outside Nigeria. And they don't care about their muscles. They don't care about their bones. They don't care about their joints. You know, mm. so it, it's a desperate thing that is happening here. God help us. Dr. Dr. Jimmy. <laughs> I I I'm trying to see if 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 there's a if there's a faint possibility that we can see light at the end of this tunnel. I'm a very optimistic human being. So, you know, you know what attracted um, me to you on the Twitter was when I saw um, you. I think after a procedure you had carried out on a footballer. And I was I, I, I remember I read through the the thread and I was like, Oh fine, I need to speak to this I need to speak to this man. Let let me see how it goes. You see, on a personal level, I when I was um when I was in university, I used to I used to play for Unilag, but I stopped playing because I used I started experiencing recurrent shoulder dislocation. So when that kept on going on I remember going to a hospital at the time and the doctor there was very plain. He said to me, we don't have the facility to do that kind of surgery that you need in Nigeria at the moment. So, frankly, I don't think you can do very many things about this. So, you know how it is now. I went about using faith and I will pray for healing. I will go to church. Can you, if you if people laugh, I will cut you this call. I will pray. I will play for pray for uh, faith. I will go onto the pitch again. The shoulder will dislocate. I will go onto the pitch another day. The shoulder will dislocate. So I finally left it. Now I know that I I am I can imagine that this continues to happen in in Nigerian football at the moment. What what is the way? out for um, sportsmen who are so 
involved in the country? Dr. Jimmy. Uh, okay, man, that's a very, very big question. I'll, I'll try my own little way. Now, so I, I will use my own practice. I mean, what I'm doing in, in my own little way, mm. okay, then hopefully, you know, I can, you know, suggest reasons. Okay, I mean, I mean, solutions going forward. Mm. So in our own little way, what we are doing is, I mean, this thing is not rocket science. I mean, we'll try to create a niche for ourselves, you know, try to educate, uh, you know, grassroots athletes, educator athletes in general about injury prevention, mm-hmm. educate the general populace about the need for physical activity and all that. Mm. Now, I mean, this is, I mean, the first step, you know, of education, of letting athletes know that, I mean, your body is quite different, you know, from the body of, you know, somebody just in the general population. Yes. Now, these are the things to do. These are the things to consider so as not, you know, to get injured. And when you get injured, these are the things to do. And these are the first, you know, I mean, this is where to go and all that. Now, that is one of the things that we've been doing here. And though we might really not have achieved so much, but I mean, we are seeing, you know, our differences. We're beginning to see more players, I mean, more footballers, more athletes, you know, come to us okay. and, you know, and seek for, for, I mean, and seek for help. And when the press, I mean, we are also generating data in our own practice. Okay. And uh, hopefully, maybe sometimes next year, you know, we could roll out, you know, uh, the patterns of injuries we see. And, you know, let's see, we are going to trade out to the international body, international conferences, you know, to see what we are doing in our own. And this is just, I mean, a private practice, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and we are doing, you know, quite amazing stuff, though we can still do more. Mm. Now, what can we do as a nation? Now, Dr. Tinder talked about that, you know, the, you know, the average, you know, school administrator thinks that doctor and a doctor know. So we need to that begin to, so you know, uh, uh, talk to ourselves about the importance, you know, of building capacity when it comes to sport and exercise medicine, you know, personnel. And, you know, to build, uh, I mean, to actually build capacity, we must appreciate the fact that, you know, sport is beyond talent. You need, you know, that exercise, that science, you know, perspective for us to improve the performance, you know, of our athletes. Now, when we understand that, we need to start building capacity, training more people. And as I always say, I mean, building capacity is really not a big deal. There are people, you know, there are courses that, you know, for example, the NFF can, you know, sponsor mm-hmm. and these things can be done. For example, we have the National Institute of Sports, which I believe, which I believe, that one of its roles is research. One of its roles is education. Sure. Now, yep. they used to do one or two things before, but I don't yep. know whether, you know, they still, you know, roll out, you know, this, you know, uh, sports science program. Mm. Now, we can start from there, begin to do quite a whole lot of education. And another thing I feel we can do is that for those that are already involved in sports medicine, I mean, now, let us encourage them. Now, let us call them, you know, to a round table. What are they doing in their own practice? Let them share their ideas now, it is not about going abroad. I mean, there are a lot of people that can do cardiac this surgery. Now, you talked about the fact that you had a recurring dis- uh, you, you had a recurring shoulder dislocation. Yes. I, I mean, in our practice, we do something called the latter jet, you know, surgery, which is something that, I mean, we do like bread and butter here. Really? And it's a surgery that, and I mean, it's called the latter jet surgery. Mm-hmm. It's a minimal invasive surgery, and that surgery will help you go back to what go back to sport, go back to football. It's a surgery that rugby players will often do yep, that's when true. they get, you know, uh, yep. shoulder sh- 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 dislocation. Mm-hmm. Now, we do it here. It is done in the Gobi for God's sake. I mean, you go to Gobi, you will see people that can do this in the Gobi. Then, I mean, we, we need to begin to build our capacity internally. And another thing I think we must do if we want to really have a way forward is that it's important the fact that we must begin to see sports as business. We must begin to do sports professionally. Very true. Now, if sports, yeah, I mean, true. if sports is done professionally, I mean, sports medicine will just align naturally. Mm. I, I, yeah, I mean, I give this analogy. For example, in the EPL, now, if Bamesala gets injured, Liverpool Football Club knows that they're going to lose money. Yeah. I, I mean, they know they're going to lose money because he's a key player for them. So, therefore, the health of Bamesala it's important for them to make money. Extremely important. It's important for them to actually make headlines. So nobody's going to be dragging them, please invest in the house. No, because sport is a business. So when we begin to see it that way in Nigeria, mm. when we begin to see sport as a business in Nigeria, I mean, all the sentiments we put, you know, would, I mean, would not be there anymore. So I think that is another thing 
that really need to do. So if sport is a business, if sport is run professionally, I mean, for example, if Dr. Tunde, for example, has a club, I, I, he would definitely get the right people because he wants to be the performance, you know, of his athletes. It's going to yes, yes, yes. If, if I, I mean, get the support and endorsement yes. of my employer, yes. of my employer, it's exactly it would work so i think now this is another rocket sign i mean we, we are not just ready to do the right thing yeah. and when we are not doing the right thing we'll keep going back and forth so i think that's the little thing i have to say i don't know if dr Tuli has one of the other things to say I think, you, I think you covered this especially if between March and now when we lost the last professional footballer in Nigeria during a game, mm. the reports from that have not been released oh. and the <laughs> from that are not yet public knowledge. Listen, the MPFL framework run by the LMC already contains basic medical facilities you know, our personnel that should be available. What happened in Nazareth should not have happened at all. At all. You know, sports physicians should have basic qualification or experience, all of that. It was there in the framework before Martins died. It was there the season before Martins died. It was probably there before Martins joined the club. Uh, <laughs> and not so. So the, the truth is, Dr. Jimmy has said it, this, this thing's got to be run as a business. You see, you see, surgery is the very last part of sport. Mm, you know, mm, mm. he does obviously surgery, and is the very last part. The very first thing he said is educate the people. Let them know. Educate the administrators. Right. So Lagos is the flagship state in Nigeria, and they've got fantastic people there. You know, that do some very amazing work. Mm. You know, there are the other thirty-five states in Nigeria outside the FCC. You know, if the federal government sports medical center had only that one publication I mentioned and the content that he had, it tells you that what are we thinking about? How much are we reciprocating this? You know, the kind of thing Dr. Jimmy is doing and his, um, his institution is doing in Lagos in private capacity. How are we reciprocating it in each one of the 35 other states in Nigeria? You know, and that is where it starts. Sports and exercise medicine includes matters like epidemiology, how are the injuries sustained, how are they treated, how can they be prevented. Basically, physiotherapists and psychologists are a very important part of sports medicine. You know, um, basic things like match analysts and sports science are yet another very important part of it. These are things that go exactly hand in hand. In Europe, you don't have to beg for this thing. Mm. They are there. So I'm sure our our listeners in Europe, for example, will be shocked as to the kind of um, continents and experiences we are giving from Africa. However, and from Nigeria, because the truth is that in North Africa and South Africa, when I'm in North Africa, I mean Egypt, Tunisia, Algeria, they will have the FIFA Medical Center of Excellence in Algeria. You know, they have the International Olympic Committee has a sports medical center in Cape Town, I believe, you know. But in Nigeria, it's all dead and black. Very little is happening. So you not only should just encourage, you not only should encourage young people and professionals that are getting themselves passionate about this field of sport and exercise medicine, but let's have a national plan for sports medicine with the Ministry of Youth and Sport Development, if it would, if it would, you know, sometimes you want to feel that have we lost the National Sports Commission and what it contains, well, I don't know, you know, but let's have a national plan that goes across across the entire country, you know, as the prevention of injuries, treatment, diagnosis of, of illnesses and injuries, the treatment and the, of course, the rehabilitation plan for young people that get involved in sports. The truth is, if we don't do this, people will sacrifice person in sports and walk on to trade. You know, but what happens after their careers wait, either wait, get wait, 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 terminated midway or, or they, they probably survive their entire careers and um, they, they don't leave the quality of their life mm. post the career is hugely depreciated, you know, or diminished. You want to talk about and there are several Nigerian footballers, several Nigerian athletes in that situation. Sani Emmanuel, many of them, they to never the, just get to move on. Even those youth <laughs> politics that move on from Nigeria, whether through the Nigerian and the 17th and go to Europe, for example, 
Some of the reasons why they don't do well abroad are because they have they have had a poor system, you know, in their biomechanics and in their Your, medical history all the way. To the and way. when they get to Europe, they can't fix in anymore to because injuries are there, muscles are poorly developed. There's also the part about feeding and nutrition too. But probably don't have time for that. To now. the way, to the way. You've actually you've actually you've actually taken me to an area where I I want to um, ask both of you briefly. I have I've interacted with a lot of current um, and past MPFL players and people who are involved in um, in MPFL. Really, there is there is I've, I've heard that there's a there's a drug there's a drug culture in there. So when you speak about education, educating everybody. Does that not include educating these these footballers about what goes into their bodies? Um, Dr. Jimmy, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the part of education about, I mean, what to take, what not to take in terms of medication. And it is where the issue of uh, anti-doping, you know, comes into play. Uh-huh. So the word anti-doping agency, yes, I mean, it, that, this is where it comes into play. So... There are certain medications that are that are not meant to be taken, you know, by athletes, okay? Because these medications they either uh, improve sporting performance, or they are, you know, they have they would have a negative effect on the health of the players. Or these substances are again the spirit of sports, which is fair play, mm-hmm. uh, you know, equality and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Now, now there is already a standard for that. Now there is, you know, uh, a code of conduct. That determines what to take and what not to take. Mm. Now, most of our players, you know, some of them are aware of banned substances, okay, because they know the substances, they know the medications that can help them improve their performance. But you know, it still boils down to the fact that do we really have, you know, an anti-doping structure? Do we have an anti-doping agency? Yes, we have an anti-doping committee, which is a subcommittee under. Uh, the, the National Olympic Committee and I mean they are really trying their best mm. but we really can't boast of the structure of places like the UK Europe or even South Africa you know that they have mm. so because we don't have a structure that means that we don't have you know things that can you know that can act as a deterrent okay yeah. we can't even actually catch them okay if they're actually taking these wrong medications so I think that is that on that particular end then the other perspective is that most of these, you know, players take these things and they don't know that it has, you know, a negative effect on their health. Long term. Okay, now that is important to education. So eventually, for example, some people would, you know, just be taking a, a power or all this energy drink. I mean, energy drinks, you know, can improve your performance. But if you have an underlying heart pathology, okay, it could make your heart, your, your heart mm. over, over race. And if your heart is already bad, I mean, you could have a sudden cardiac arrest. Wow. And you could just die on the pitch. I mean, you could okay. die on the pitch. So, yeah, so some of them don't understand, you know, the dangers. For example, tramadol is, I mean, largely abused. One of the largely abused medications. I mean, you can actually get addicted to tramadol. Tramadol okay. can also affect your heart and all that. So, I mean, these are the things that uh, are common. And that is also what education is, is needed for. Now, but why do athletes take these things? Because you must also look at mm. the situations. Now, some yeah. will argue that, okay, I have a game in Lagos today, and on Wednesday, I have to travel to Maduguri by road. Now, they don't have enough time to recover. So, some of them will use, you know, medication. Some of them will use supplements that are banned substances, you know, to actually, you know, get that recovery fast. So that on Wednesday, they are in probably Maduguri or somewhere in the north playing the game. Remember that they still have to come back to Lagos or come back to the south on Saturday for another NPFL game. And most of them cannot even fly. They are going to fly this terrible road. So there's, you know, poor time to recover, which is one of the reasons why some of them use, you know, this medication. But I mean, it is really not an excuse if you look at it because number one, it is wrong. They call the word anti-doping agency, you know, I've said it is wrong, so it is wrong because it's going to give an unfair advantage and it's also not good for your health. Mm. So, I mean, these are the things that uh, and that we see and, I mean, education, I mean, I try to do a lot of education for them. You'd be surprised that some of them, you know, I've seen young players come to me that, just can I smoke marijuana? And when you ask them, I mean, 
because I deal with a lot of young players, yeah. I mean, they would they would confide in you. Some of them will ask you, okay, so what's the big deal about taking marijuana? And when you ask them, I mean, have you seen a player taking marijuana? They tell you that, well, I've seen some senior players take marijuana. Oh, no. And I think I, I, I think maybe that's the right thing you get. You know, they call them senior man. Mm-mm. And when a senior man is taking marijuana, you know, they feel it's the right thing. And that is how it spirals down to the grassroots. So in terms of drug use, so that's another big problem. Another very, very big problem that, you know, that we, we are not really talking about. And that's because doping generally is a very, very sensitive issue. Okay. Yeah. So actually talk about, you know, generally. So I think it's an issue that uh, we also really need to talk about in Nigeria sport. Dr. Jimmy, thank you so very much. Um, Tunde, if, can, yeah. you, can you try, if possible, <laughs> can you try and see and tell us something positive, if there's any? Oh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. There are a lot of young Nigerians as um, difficult as the sports and exercise medicine terrain is, mm-hmm. a lot of young Nigerians putting a lot of energy into it who are driving a lot of passion. Fantastic. You know, Dr. Jimmy is one, I'm another. There are probably a dozen or to 20 sports and exercise physicians in Nigeria, you know, we've got a professor of sports and exercise medicine. I think that all that the country simply needs to do is to just activate the right process and put the right structures in place. Are they engaging us? Yes, they are. You know, um, Dr. Jimmy has national experience. I have MPSL experience. Mm-hmm. I probably volunteered with Conversation football, why is, you know, why, why, is, why is Jimmy laughing? So, we are taking baby steps, <laughs> you know, but um, baby steps aren't what we need in 2020. Mm. Matters about doping, for example, require no baby steps at all. If we were to test the average Nigerian footballer, you know, for <laughs> banned substances, the way we did at the AFCON that I participated in, yes. we'll probably stop the league. Because, yes, <laughs> wow. they probably have a wow. for it as to traveling long distances and poor recovery time. But these players take all manner of terrible things, you know. Sometimes they are really aware of it. Now, outside of football, um, at least take steroids, at least take banned substances intentionally. Nigeria has been banned at the, at the Commonwealth Games. We, we, we've, um, sorry, we've been reflected at the Commonwealth Games once. You know, from by an, a, a webinar, and the French was under the age of 20. You know, um, a lot of people, um, you know, induce these athletes for all manners of things and give them more manners of things to um, give them undue advantage over, you know, their competitors, especially at the local level. So I want to say the National Sports Festival is going to take place in another, in another two or three weeks or something. So will we even set in? you know, doping control measures. Let's get these athletes used to it. If you don't get used to it now, mm. to find a situation where Paul or Nobi mm. plays exceptionally well one game for the Super Eagles, and then he can't do that in Finland. You yeah. want to ask why? Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. I leave that to you. You know, but, but these, are, these, are, these are the matter. So things can, can they improve? I think yes. things can really improve. I think that young people that are involved and are enthusiastic about it can improve things. But I think we need a lot of data. I think we need a lot of funding. Mm. I think we need a lot of encouragement. It may not come from the government because the government may not have yep. the yep. financial model to do that. Yep. But mm-hmm. I hope that we can have agencies outside of, of Nigeria and agencies outside of Africa, for example, to help us with these baby steps. The world really needs a country like Nigeria to, to rise up from her slumber. And we can't do that if we've got no data. But if we've got young people who are interested in doing this and we can encourage them to do what is necessary, get the data, know exactly what the problems are in order to be able to mitigate them, you know, the, it will help with the education that our society needs, you know. And um, I mean, in the Drake Foundation in England, for example, mm-hmm. is looking into matters of dementia post Post in um, post careers yeah, of um, yeah. the careers of, of, of you know professionals, you know. I think that those are the kind of things we need in Nigeria. For example, it was very difficult for me, you know, to run a research last year. Very difficult. One, there's no funding. Two, you know, people don't understand what research is about. But with the appropriate funding, we can 
do a lot more. You know, and once we have data out and we can publish things, it helps with the societal acceptance of what we are talking mm. about. You know, about. and matter we will begin to move beyond crawling and maybe walking and maybe running. And if we do, we probably will be ruling the world of sports. You know, because if the if the if the model if the modern Nigerian age is under the age of twenty mm-hmm. as it is, mm-hmm. it means that we got that huge youthful population. That if, if we if we focus a little more on the on the scientific models and opportunities that are available to sports, rather than crude training, you know, an expectation of athletes' performance at competition, we, we will we will probably rise to the top of the global sporting you know ladder, you thank, know, sooner than later. Thank you so yeah, very just, much. Just to add something. Yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, please. Yeah. Now you know, uh, Doctor talked about you know. Try to encourage, you know, passionate people, young people that are interested in this. Now, mm. let me give you a particular case study that is happening in Africa, because I think if we look at what's happening in other African countries, we can actually learn from that. Now, there's this non-governmental organization called, uh, I think it is called uh, 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 Equity Sport. Yes, Equity Sport. Mm-hmm. So, Equity Sport basically does a lot of sports science, sports medicine, internship, mostly in East Africa. Okay. Now, they have a program in Uganda and the program in Uganda is to build local capacity because local capacity is sustainable. Now, that yeah. is one thing that, I mean, we've actually failed to understand in Nigeria. So, so what Equity Sport is doing is to go to their universities. I mean, these universities have courses in sports science. In Nigeria, it's well that we have courses in sports science and human kinetics. We do. So what Equity Sport is, yeah, we do. There's human kinetics and sports science. In some universities in Nigeria, okay. but I, I don't definitely, I, I don't know the extent of our curriculum. But I mean, there are people that are interested in it. There are people that do a four-year course in sponsors and human kinetics. Mm. So back to equity sports in Uganda. So what equity sport has, has tried to do is that they try to create internship opportunities, you know, for young people interested in sports science and sports medicine. And something they are also doing is towards partner with the Uganda. Ministry of Sport. Now, in recent times, now one of their interns, okay, had to, you know, one, one of their interns that has done very well, passionate about what he's doing, hmm. was a member of the Uganda national team that traveled to the Middle East. Now, this is a very young chap. And that is the way to go. Now, I'm, I'm not saying we should replicate that as it were, because to get to the super egos, I mean, Doctor, today can, you know, talk about all the shenanigans. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I mean, to get that, but now this is Uganda. Hmm. And, you know, this is a non-governmental organization partnering with the Uganda Football Federation. Now, that is the way to build capacity. That is the way to encourage young people to be in the system. But in Nigeria, must I be in the Ministry of Sport before a passionate person, you know, you know, gets I mean, for example, let me talk about the Ministry of Sport. Now, let me not talk about the particular COVID-19. There was a time while I was in the UK, while I was about to come back to Nigeria after my program. Mm. I mean, I reached out to a local club. And please, I told them that, see, I've gotten the theoretical understanding. I just need some bit of experience. I mean, let me just contribute. I got in touch with a club in Nigeria. I didn't to Nigeria that, can I come? You know the message I got? What? They said they are not interested, that I cannot come because they're a professional team. I, like, I mean, yeah, that's a Nigerian story. Not that so, you see, so you see, that exactly is a Nigerian story. It's that bad. It's that bad. It's that bad. So, I mean, we are I living in the money. 18th century. We are just not thinking about some of these things. We just, how do you want to win the World Cup or win an Olympic gold without sports science and sports medicine? How? How do you want people not to feed from the gutters? After their career ends, where you are not trying to prevent them from getting injured in the first place. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's easy. So, it means that for every student doing human kinetics and sports science, if they can liaise with their various, I mean, the state still runs football club. Which is, which is, not, which is one of the biggest yes, problems. Yes, football club. So, why not, if somebody is doing human kinetics and sports science, mm-hmm. why not let them do their internship in all these football clubs? That's true. Why must somebody doing Sports science, for example, just go and say Ministry of Sports and just the writing letters, like writing paper. Or the sports councils in all the other states, yes. you know, you know, football. I don't know football. I mean, link them up, link these guys up. Understand? Let them get this experience. Let them get these hands-on experiences. 
I mean, that is the way to go. We have the capacity. Just encourage it. Encourage the people that are doing it here. And I think that is one way to go about it. Open up this ministry of sports. Hmm. Let people be able to come in, you get, and get experience. You don't have to pay them. I mean, in sports medicine, as Dr. Sunday once told me, and I believe, you need experience more than even getting degrees. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. actually, you need, you need more experience. And for me, I, I mean, I'm getting my experiences now because I'm working with an orthopedic surgeon. So some people don't have, you know, the opportunity I have, okay, that I'm having at the moment, but let us encourage people. Now, that is the way to go. And let us fund. Because when you talk about research, I mean, to do research, you need a lot of funding. You need money. Mm. So actually do this lot of research. And we can begin to do small research such as, you know, you know patterns, patterns of injuries that we see in Yeah, I mean, now, finally, do you know that there is, I mean, we have people that have left this country that have done great research. I, I don't know whether Dr. Sunday knows Dr. Wei yeah, is a physiotherapist. And no, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Wei used to be in Luz, okay? And if you look at injury prevention research in, I mean, in Nigeria, I mean, in, in Africa, yeah. Dr. Sunday Wei yeah, is one of the leading Africans that have contributed to injury prevention research. Wow. He's, he's the only person I know that has actually investigated the FIFA 11 plus prevention, you know, strategy. Yeah, yeah. program. He did, you know, a, uh, a cohort from the student study. I mean, and yeah. till today, till today, that is the one, that is one of the most cited African literature on injury prevention. And it was done in Lagos. Oh, wow. That is somebody... He was in Lagos? Yeah, he was done in Lagos. He was done in this Lagos. I'm yes, I'm not. Lagos. That's that exactly done. what we need in this country. That's what we need. He was done as part of his PhD. Oh, okay? I see. And trust me, that was one of the things that made way for him. He's not in the US. Went to Canada at the point in time. He's not in the US. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should stay in Nigeria, but I'm trying to tell you say that People that can get these things done, you I know, Nigeria. they are amongst us. Mm. People that can get this research done are amongst us. Because the thing that I think that I mean, I never knew was even this angry about what meant. I, <laughs> I was angry. I mean, I, I, I mean, and people that can get these things done are there. So let us. So, and for you as journalists, finally, I'm sorry. Mm. For you as journalists, I discovered that you guys also don't shed light on this. I mean, you guys don't loud it. I have to I agree with you. For example, mm. the Nasarawa guy that died of blessed memory. Mm. Now, I once heard, I mean, I think one of the one of the results of the report was that Nasarawa United did not have a sports doctor, that they had a retired committed assistant. That was one of the things I heard. And, I mean, I was thinking that the media house would blow it. Why would a professional team have a retired community health assistant as the medical lead? I mean, see, um, I tried to talk about it on my Twitter handle, but when I saw that it was not, I mean, people were not even interested. See, I just laid back. You, you so we need to talk about this thing. We I, need to have constructive criticism. We need to talk about it and encourage people. I think that's what I have to say. That's what I have to say. But I'm happy that. I have another angry fellow, Dr. Tunde, that wants to talk to Thank you, Dr. Tunde. Listen, um, I, have to, I have to thank um, the two of you for making our time to um, come on your acsports.com's Your Sports Memo podcast. I, 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 I would really have loved us to carry on because I am actually... I, I, I love the passion, um, the anger that you both are exhibiting and then also the great information that you're passing on what i'm going to try to do with this particular episode i am going to ensure that it gets to the minister of sports i'm going to try to send it to the people i know in the ministry of sports who have the ears of the minister of sports that it gets there so that we might hopefully see um um, something is is done. Okay. I, I I'll be I, 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 again. I, I see. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I I hope that should I need to get you guys 
back again um you'll be able to oblige oblige me thank you so so very much for um no the pleasure is mine COVID you, you, you are you are welcome this is what we live for this is where we're nigerians and uh services to the people so you got this all the time i will ens- i will try to move this as as much as i can because it is something that i am i am also very interested in because i know i know i i, I hear what these players um go through and it breaks my heart that that you see that Nasara United player that died. I have to tell you that I deliberately refused to be involved in the discussion because Nigeria, hmm. Nigeria, we we have zero value for lives. We pay very hmm. zero li- value on lives. So that is why a football club would not have would have a retired a retired whatever. As a medical lead, when in a in an activity like a prof- of professional football, in a professional football match activity, so that's that, that was why. Because in one of the groups I'm in, I remember going so mad on that day that I left it. I said, "No, wow. I can't continue. I can't continue discussing um, this the way I want to discuss it before I offend a lot of people." But I, I would, I'll move this on as much as possible. I thank you again. Thank you so very much, guys. God bless you. Thank you for coming yes, on your Sports Memo podcast. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, Dr. Tunde. Nice, sir. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 I really want to thank Dr. Tunde and Jimmy for coming on ACLSports.com's Your Sports Memo podcast. It was really fascinating. Uh, time listening and discussing with them i hope you enjoyed it too and um, please feel free to share to share this podcast and send in your comments i if you're like me and you're that really really interested in um, sports medicine in nigeria um, you will find this quite fascinating and then you should please share it to people who you know that are involved in sports in Nigeria, even if it's on administrative or even the participatory levels, to share this podcast with them. My name is Calvin Emeka and it's been my privilege to host this episode of Your Sports Memo Podcast. So that come your way again. Thank you so very much. Peace out. <laughs>